Today's episode is brought to you by Capital One Spark Business. Whether it's your first day at the new headquarters or another day getting payroll out by the first, Capital One works seamlessly as your partner, credit card provider, and business bank. Hi, everyone. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guests... Well, first, I'll tell you, I'll take you down memory lane. Do you remember Manic Panic? I do as a kid. I wanted to dye my hair so badly. Um, My mom would never let me do it, but Manic Panic was a thing. And Tish and Snooki are the co-founders of Manic Panic. They've been doing this for over 40 years. They have the company, they own it 100%, and they're beyond inspiring. And we had a great conversation, so I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like with my young memories, Manic Panic was like a rite of passage as a teenager. Like we had Mm -hmm. to have it. We had to dye our hair. And I'm sure you get that all the time. It's like someone telling me they like handbags. But do you get Mm -hmm. these women who are just like, oh, my gosh, you are so important to me at such a critical phase of their lives? Yes, we do all the time. And it's (laughs) so great. It's, yeah, it's really cool that we we had that influence on them and made that impact. Totally. So I'd love to hear your story, your sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey and what gave you that initial idea and what's happened since. Well, I think we were born entrepreneurs because <laughs> when we were young, we would we would have Kool Aid stands and we would also perform out of our bedroom window. We'd have puppet shows, and the puppet shows were free, but we also had the Kool-Aid stand, which <laughs> made the money. And uh, we're still kind of doing that because we still perform and we have our business, which we've had for 42 years now. Wow. So for a lot of people, um, and you perform most notably with Blondie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now uh, without her as your own band, correct? Yeah, we have. Well, we're in various bands and Throughout the years, we've been in so many different bands and done backups for so many different people, including RuPaul and Twisted Sister at one point, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) Michael Musto. Yeah, all sorts of people. And we still perform to this day, which is a riot. So take me back. You've had your business for 40 years. What gave you the idea to launch launch this company? Well, we started out um, as the first punk boutique in the United States. And uh, that was in 1977. And the hair color was our biggest seller. And we just decided that we would start wholesaling and start manufacturing. And it just kept growing and growing. And yeah, we we were singers. And um, we everybody, we'd always be out every night. We'd take the subway down from the Bronx <laughs> and um, go out to CBGB or Max's and, you know, after hours clubs. And we'd be out every night and everybody liked our style and was asking us where they could get whatever we were wearing. And we thought, well, let's open a store as a sideline to our singing career and sell what we like. And so we uh, we opened the first punk store in America along with our friend Gina, and um, she left after several months because we'd always outvote her on the when we'd have <laughs> our board meetings. <laughs> She'd always be outvoted because we're sisters and we think alike. Right. It made her crazy. So she left and opened her own store across town. 
but um, we we just started selling whatever we loved, you know, beauty products as well as accessories and clothing and records and fanzines, just everything to do with punk and rock and roll. And, you know, it had to be whatever we liked. We wouldn't sell anything we didn't love. And we're like that to this day. So you wound down the store eventually and have the hair care, the hair products now as your Mm -hmm. main focus. So in seeing the world shift from a boutique where you buy and sell what you love, and even today, right, you only decide to make what you love. What would you say to people who feel like they have to, you know, with social media, with, you know, the consumer insights we all have now, like, how have you stayed strong through your course and made sure that you were able to keep being successful? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with our belief in our products and the quality and everything we do. We're, we still test every batch on hair and, you know, make sure it's the right shade, make sure the viscosity is right. And um, I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with the care we put into um, our products and just uh, our, our... It's our passion. It's our passion, totally. It is. It's, color has always been such a big part of our lives. Our mother was an artist, so we grew up with her paints and all her glitter, and we still love color and we love glitter. And it's just in our blood, coursing through our veins, yeah. <laughs> glitter and color. <laughs> So one would argue that, you know, today with the rise of female entrepreneurship and this whole new wave of feminism, you know, you were really at the forefront of it in the 70s, right? You were at the the OG. Um, What did it feel like then versus now? Well, I think it's it's come a long way, (laughs) to say the least. Um, We've had so many experiences through our careers where... where, um, you know, we've been taken advantage of or, um, you know, well, we learned a lot. In what ways years. were you taken advantage of? Well, a, a lot of times in the beginning, we didn't get uh, contracts for certain things. So we would give our ideas to somebody who was going to do our production and, you know, a, a factory. And instead of doing ours, they would do our idea and then finally give us our products after they launched our idea. So that happened to us. And that was a traumatic time. And it was um, something that we learned from right oh, after we did. that. We did. We were like these little lambs walking into the wolf's den. And we were these young women. We had no business experience, really, or um, education. We just learned everything by figuring it out and doing it. We didn't go to business school. So it <laughs> it didn't occur to us to get things in writing. And um, so we made plenty of mistakes. But um, I, and I think it was harder in those days being women. We weren't taken seriously as business women. I remember, you know, sitting in the store by myself in this I guess he was a salesman, came in and, you know, asked to speak to the owner. And I said, well, I'm the owner. He said, no, I want, I need to talk to the real owner. I said, I am the real owner. He said, no, I mean the real owner, the man. Wow. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm the real owner. I have 
I'm the man. <laughs> he, he wouldn't believe me, and he stormed out. And, you know, I guess it was part being young and part being a woman, but I don't think that would happen now. No, definitely not. No, and at trade shows, too, people didn't take us seriously when we were shopping at trade shows for various items. Like, they just... They didn't we were, think we were real business people. Uh, yeah, and we did have a, we had a supplier once that called us the girls. Oh, the girls. And, you know, never. It it was pretty hideous. But um, I think nowadays people have a lot more chance of being taken seriously. But it's still, I I think it still has a ways to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also refreshing. You've had the company for 40 years, whereas today I feel like the youth, these these young people are like, I'm going to have a company for five years and then I'm going to sell it, right? Or I'm mm-hmm. going to get a billion dollar evaluation and then get acquired. Um, what has made you want to retain ownership and control of something? We're control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> we are. It's our baby that we've raised from... <laughs> And we love it. We yeah. it, it's our passion. So it's it really is hard to um, give up control on certain levels. And you know, you yeah. just I mean, you never know what the future will hold. But I think um, you know, if if we were ever to even consider something like that, it would be like an adoption. You'd have to. <laughs> We'd have to make <laughs> sure that the new parents were going to be really good. Good, exactly, exactly. <laughs> With. Uh, your original track of singing, right, and performing, and then this company sort of, it seems, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that that became the full-time focus. Was it hard to say goodbye to what you wanted to pursue while singing, or you were happy that that grew and you you kept singing, but it wasn't maybe? Yeah, we never said goodbye. We just, we saw the opportunity with the store. We got so much publicity when we opened, even though we hardly had anything to sell because it was the first store of its kind in America. So we saw that we could actually make a living at it, and it was more than a sideline. But we we never gave up the singing. We would, you know, work all week in the store and then do shows all weekend. And sometimes during the week, we were living this double life, and we were young, so we could do it. And we still are kind of living <laughs> Yeah, that double. Actually, we had a triple life because we used to do movie work, too. Oh, my gosh. So we were sometimes working, I don't know, I don't know how many hours a day. And we still do about a 10-hour day each, you know, for five days a week, 10 hours. Yeah, and then sometimes do shows on the weekend. And then wow. we're always on our phones, phones yeah. doing our email <laughs> Do you feel like constantly. it's gotten harder? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> because, because of email or mm-hmm. social. Yeah, right? and we're we're working harder than we ever have, and we've always worked hard, as you can hear from our <laughs> description of the early days. We've always worked really hard, but I think I think we're working even harder now. And every time you answer one email, there's like twenty more, and it's hard to get through the day. Totally, I feel the same way. I'm drowning right now uh, with emails. I know. <laughs> I know. So what would you say one of the biggest hurdles you've had to overcome is and what did you do to overcome it or not or not overcome it? I I think one of the biggest hurdles is or something that's ongoing is hiring people. It's it's 
hiring people who are qualified and honest and won't take your business. We had one person who came in and he was working um, for us for, I don't know, a really short period of time. And we asked him to take care of this customer who was a rock star or pop star rather. And um, because she wanted to do a line of hair color. And so we had him working with her. And what he did was he quit and took her to our one of our um, plants that we manufacture in, so <laughs> and and launched a competitive line. Wow! So with our factory, yeah, with one of the factories we were using. That's terrible. I know it's 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 an ongoing un- issue. Believable, and you can't you know even if somebody signs something, you you can sue them, but what's going to happen? You're not going to get anything. Right. Right. So. I yeah, think so that's, that's a continuous <clears throat> challenge, getting good employees. But we've got some. You yeah, know, we're getting better at hiring. Mm-hmm. But it's taken a long time. <laughs> it's taken forty-two years to Uh-oh. learn to suss people out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like now more than ever, I really try and get to know the person. I don't listen to their what school they went to or. You know, what's coming out of their mouth? I'm looking at them. I'm looking at their eyes. Are they looking me in the eye? You know, how's their mm-hmm. handshake? I feel like there's all these signals that I'm trying to, to assess because that can say a lot about a person. That's the smartest thing you can do yeah. when you're um, doing an interview. I call it, um, you know, being a gypsy. Because when you go into a, a gypsy fortune teller, they're first of all, they're watching you walk down the street. They see how you walk. They see what you do with your hands. They 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 have it all figured out. And that's what you really have to do is look at the body language, um, see how they're answering the question, not what they're answering mm-hmm. sometimes. So totally. It's, and it's still difficult. I know. Oh. <laughs> I know. Hi, guys. I hate to interrupt this episode, but I have to do an ad, and it's for myself. I love doing this podcast. I love interviewing these women. So what I'm asking you to do is support me. If you are in the market for a beautiful bag or some wonderful apparel or shoes, buy Rebecca Minkoff. And if you need to buy a gift for someone, think of me. It always helps. It keeps the business going. And I would love to see you wearing your beautiful Rebecca Minkoff products. You can hashtag MyRM. And thank you for the support. What do you do? I know you mentioned that you work all the time still. You're working harder than you did. What do you do to disconnect or stay inspired? We sing. Yes. And we we did a tour um, with um, Blue Coop. Blue Coop. And it was so much fun being on tour with a rock band and being in the band rather than being a girlfriend of somebody in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I was totally... Restored after that tour, even though it was, you know, a lot of driving and a lot of work. And flying. Flying and singing and performing, putting on a show. But I was so inspired after that. I I felt rejuvenated because it was like getting back to our roots and our other passion. Totally. What would you say, being that you've been in business for over 40 years, you have a performing career that long, what would you say that our generation or, you know, I'm going to say 38 and below because that's how old I am. What do we need to know being 
that you've, you know, existed in the toughest city in the world, you know, you've had great success. What do we need to know? What are we doing wrong? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you're doing everything right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You need to, you probably already do, trust your instincts. Sometimes when we don't, it trips us up. Oh, yeah. You have to follow your guts and, and your heart and believe that you're doing the right thing, I, I tend to second-guess myself and not trust myself. And, and that, you know, messes me up. Yeah, we had um, an advisor who kept hawking us not to um, go international. And we we just fought it. And we said, no, you know what? We're going international. Oh, he was gets a- so mad at us because we would just, you know, not listen to him, and and we'd like fill our suitcases with merchandise and take it over to Europe and sell it. And he'd say, "You can't do that. It's you know illegal." And well, we're doing it. We want to launch our products in in Europe, <laughs> and they're coming and we just with us. Did and um, he was an advisor for long. Also, no, right? No. <laughs> so one thing I like to ask all my guests is something we'd be surprised to know about you. Um, it can be funny or not. It can be embarrassing. We're learning the harp. We're learning to play the harp. Wow. That's very surprising. What made you both <laughs> want to learn the harp? We've always wanted to learn the harp. Uh, I always wanted to be a mermaid, and mermaids play harp. Okay. So I, I think... <laughs> Did you want to be a mermaid, too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Didn't everybody? <laughs> <laughs> or an angel. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. Really yeah. I, I dare say you both don't look very angelic <laughs> in your black in your black outfits with your dyed hair. That's, new, but Tish new is angel. the most domestic, you know, homebody. You'd never know it to look at her, but she is. It's true. How did you? As wild <laughs> as I was in my youth and still can be sometimes, you know, on stage and at parties, whatever. Um I really love being home and cooking, and uh, I have a, a garden with tomatoes and herbs and all that, and, you know, I can sew and I can fix things, and, you know, I just really love my domain because I'm a Taurus, so I think that, that is why it. I'm very grounded. And and I'm curious to know, and this is my second to last question, but um, I'm curious to know, how do you both celebrate your success? How do we? We we don't usually celebrate. <laughs> I think I think that's a it's a common it's issue. A I, I, it's a yeah, common affliction problem. of entrepreneurs. We yeah. don't celebrate our successes. Yeah, well, you know what? Yes. Because you're never satisfied. I know. If, if you like were satisfied, you'd be working for someone else, and you could sleep at night, and you could, uh, you know, go away for a week or or do something. you do anything like a high five, or you go out to oh, yeah. dinner. We yeah, jump, yeah. we jump up and down a okay. lot, <laughs> and, and we'll we'll like go for a cocktail at the Oyster Bar. That's true to yeah. celebrate yeah. something on our way home. Having been part of such um, an incredible time, I only know it from pictures and books. But do you feel a nostalgia for New York that you wish it would go back to? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we can't lie about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just like so oh, fantastic. It was so much fun and. I'm I'm a Leo, so I'm a fixed sign, and I don't really cotton to change that much. But I know it's good. And but when I go down St. Mark's Place, and it's just not the same right. vibe. It was such a cool place and such a cool vibe. And 
It's all generic now, and it's really hard, I would imagine, to have a retail store nowadays with the rents and and everything else. It's it must be really hard, and there's no like none of those mom and pop stores right. like well, no, there were gone. in those days, like those vintage clothing stores mm-hmm. and cool head shops. Well, I guess different. you have to go to Brooklyn now, but thank God um, the theater eight, that Theater 80 is still there because that's a landmark. I, it I is. hope It is. I hope it's landmarked because that is the most amazing little place in the area. And there's still a few other places that are amazing too. But all the um, flavor seems to be going into coffee you know it's like you know you can you you can only stay if you if you're a starbucks or something right it's hard well hopefully we don't lose it all yeah right yeah Yeah. keep some flavor (laughs) (laughs) awesome thank you thank you thank you that was Tish and Snooki. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to know more about them, you can follow them at Manic Panic. Don't forget to spread the word. Give me a review. Send me an email, superwomen at rebeccaminkoff.com. And uh, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps with the algorithm. It helps lift us up and service this podcast up to more people. And thank you. Thank you.